Have you ever had something, done something, watched something, or played something that you got so addicted to, that you got so enthralled by or so pulled into, that it was just overwhelming? It was just so awesome and so inspiring and so overcoming on just about everything you ever did. What would you do or what could you do or what would that like be like to you? And it's interesting to think about that. It's interesting to go down that avenue. Now, I have said repeatedly that there have been, th- been throughout the course of history the level to which certain people's preferences, the, wet, the level to which people pref- prefer things have been long time ignored or long time pushed away. Or a lot of times, as a friend has recently said to me, conservatively forgotten or conservatively pushed aside. And it's high time that, yes, I may be missing a few things or maybe maybe escaping a few things in this. But it's high time. I'm going to talk about LGBT issues. It's high time that major characters have been represented or the LGBT community should be represented as major characters, prominent major characters in TV shows and movies and primarily in video games. And this should have happened a long, long time ago. Not before, not until it, not until it just recently happened. Like, and I'm going to refer to, I'll refer to as a few things that that, that jump up to my memory. Things that I know and things that that other people and the producers of the podcast and other friends of mine have brought to my attention. There are several games that have existed in the past. Like in 2007, Mass Effect came out where it allowed you to play as either gender and romance either gender. And there's a lot of other things that, that by representation came out in... By representation was around Persona 2, the game Persona 2. There have been LGBT themes that have existed as far back as people have said 1999. There have been other games that have brought that out and have have experienced in that or touched on that or tried to. And I've repeatedly said life games are supposed to either take you away from life or pull you out of whatever it is that you're trying to get away from or by playing the game, whatever it is you're trying to re-experience, even in a different world or whatever, in the game. They're supposed to pull you out of that world, but they're also, if they want to be grounded in reality, they're also supposed to depict an aspect of reality or depict part of life and depict a part of existence as you know it, or they, they know it in what they're trying to put forward. And it has been a long time coming and a long time in the past that... The LGBT world should have been represented in games a long, long time ago. Now, may I, I may be missing out on a few things, and I apologize to the games and the developers and people who love the games and played them for me missing out on them. I'm just going to address the games that I know about and that I can speak well on, or that I'm well informed of, that I know of. It was until 2015 that Life is Strange came out, and I remember thinking when Life is Strange came out, finally... A game that addresses and deals with prominent lesbian characters. Finally. That is long, long overdue. 
the the society and people should have addressed that a long, long, long time ago. And as is mentioned, several things that people may point out, or that several of my, my friends have pointed out, it has actually it has existed before 2015, back to 1999, back and maybe even farther than that. But lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender characters have been depicted in video games since the 1980s. A lot of this from my notes and from Wikipedia as well. In the history of video games, LGBT characters have been almost non-existent for a long time, reflecting the overall heteronormativity of the medium. While there has been a trend towards greater representation of LGBT people in video games, they are frequently identified as LGBT in secondary materials, such as comics, such as comics, rather than the games themselves. Games Radar's Sam Greer poured through thousands of games titles and found 179 games with with any LGBT representation. Of those 179 games, only 83 have queer characters who are playable characters, and of those, only 8 features a main character who is pre-written as queer or opposed to them to them being queer as an option. There have been things like this that have existed for a long time. And I apologize for getting this slightly a little bit off topic for the last previous episodes and this one. But this is something I've just noticed and something that I thought an episode should be on. That in and I don't know a lot of life and a lot of society has changed, is that they're getting more representation in just about everything. And as and this is kind of a lot of this is for Sears and Kaylee. Because they have repeatedly said how they wish they could be represented more represented or better represented a number of recurring tropes themes and archetypes have been developed in the gaming industry in regard to lgbtq plus identity these are similar to how other forms of popular culture such as hollywood films and tv shows dealt with lgbt plus themes as, other, as in other media, LGBT characters in games often suffer from the bury your gaze trope. Bury your gaze trope. I mean, I don't even want to tap on that or refer back to that for the for clarification because just that, just that is kind of making my stomach crawl. Just that is kind of like, are you serious with that? A long-lasting narrative convention that requires that LGBT characters die or meet another unhappy meet another unhappy ending. According to Kotaku, Ko, yeah, Kotaku, these characters are largely defined by a pain that their straight counterparts do not share, facing challenges that serve as an in-world analogy for anti-LGBTQ bigotry. There are, they are defined by tragedy that denies them a chance at happiness, which is, which is completely ridiculous and totally absurd and totally ridiculous. It kind of goes along with the theory of what I was saying before in several episodes back, where people are afraid of things they don't know. And if, if you didn't grow up around this or you didn't experience, you didn't experience any, any LGBTQ plus a, anyone, you are you don't know it. You're you're afraid of it, and it's very very bizarre. It's very disturbing and very unfair to. It's just not the way you 
I said, love is love, love is life. If you want to search for equality, you want to search for a game or make a game that depicts life as it should be, or depicts a representation in life, such as Life is Strange, depicts life for teenagers in 2013, where something otherworldly, something out of the worldly, worldly happens to normal people or normal teenagers. What do you... If you want to depict life like that, then you have to show LGBTQ plus characters. You just have to. That's what life is. Now, I realize, according to statistics and statistics this and statistics that, that more of the population, straight is more of the population. Like, people who identify as lesbian are one point something. People who identify as gay are one point, two point, whatever, something. So the majority of the population says that people are people that are straight. But that's just ridiculous. And it doesn't make it... it and... It, it's, it's just weird. And one of, and one of my friends, for, I'm thanking her for imp, her input as well. A lot of people may not... She, she says a lot of people may not see LGBTQ plus issues as we do. As, as the quality. Because we all are equal. It's... The, and a, a lot of people also might see LGBTQ plus issues the way we do. And that you want to search for, you want to search for, create a game that's based like Life is Strange. You want to create a game that's based in reality, that has some sort of realistic connection that, that your audience can grab onto. And has something happen to one of the characters that pulls them out of that reality. Or like a superpower, like Max is. Where Max has time travel, you can you can do something like that, but you got to make the characters. You have to make the game based in reality. And love is love, life is love. Everyone, people, people who are gay, people who are lesbian, people who are bi, people who are everything, are are, are normal. They're just as equal to everyone. And if you want to depict reality, you want to depict the life as it's supposed to be. That's what you depict. You shouldn't shy away from it. You shouldn't make these the LGBTQ plus characters secondary, or you shouldn't make them one more susceptible to death. You just you should make them as susceptible as straight people are. You should make them as susceptible as I am, as a straight person is. You should make them as susceptible to anything and everything, just like me or just like anything else. A common method of introducing LGBT characters is to reveal their sexual orientation through gender inversion. Oh, that's just... I don't even want to tap on that. I don't even want to know what that is. A male character's homosexuality is often indicated by making him... Uh, oh, yeah, making him a sissy character. With effeminate or flamboyant mannerisms, dress, and speech. That whole sentence is just ridiculous. And the fact that... The fact that society and game developers even viewed anyone that way that you had to portray someone who has that you had to portray a man who loves another man as an effeminate or any kind of character and I'm even sorry and I apologize to everyone for saying that word because it actually says it in my notes and on Wikipedia so I apologize for that because that's not how you depict a man loving another man 
That's not how that is. They're not depicted as effeminate. They're not depicted as anything else. They're depicted as what they are, human beings, just like everyone else, just like he's entitled to as much love as anyone else. And it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous because that differs from you is to depict them in that way and to make them susceptible to anything. Anything other than what you're susceptible to. The underlying assumption is that homosexuals are also frequently transgender. Another assumption. Another unfortunate assumption. And therefore possess mannerisms stereotypical of the opposite opposite sex. There is... This technique has been used has been widely used in Hollywood movies to circumvent production codes ban on sexual perversion as well as in vaudeville. Although mainly used in video games for its comedic value, gender confusion has also been used as a tool to offer sexual to offer social commentary about sex sexism or homophobia. The censorship codes of Nintendo and Sega limited the usage of gender inversion to exclusion of cross-dressing until 1994. See, that's just silly. That's just ridiculous. And that's just absurd. You don't know how to to project someone. You don't know how to show off the opposite sex or homosexuality. So you're going to portray them as something that they're not. And transgender is different than homosexuality. It's different. It's just as much of a right to exist as everyone else in the world does. They all do. That's just the way it is. If you are brought up in a body where if you're raised and brought up as a man and in your soul and in your being, you are a woman. You have every blessing from me and from everyone else in this podcast and everyone else. You have every blessing and every love to change who you are. Because who you are is who you are inside. And if you're, if you're born and brought up and raised as a man, but who you are inside is a woman, that, a woman is who you are. You should change that. Because you have every right to do that. You have every right to be blessed and to be happy with who you are. And you should do that. If that's what makes you happy, you have a right to seek happiness and to seek joy. And you have a right to that and an entitlement to that. That's what you deserve. You deserve happiness. Capcom created Final Fl- Final Fight. That looked like Final Flight. <laughs> created Final Fight for the arcade in 1989. The game involved players choosing among three fighters on a quest to save the mayor's daughter, who was kidnapped by a criminal gang known as known as Mad Gear. In 1990, Capcom presented Nintendo with a version of this game for the 16-bit Super Nintendo. According to David Sheff's book, Game Over, Nintendo stated that Capcom could not put a female could not put a female enemy in a video game published for the SNES, as it violated Nintendo's ban on violence against women. Capcom countered that there were no female enemies in the game, revealing that the female characters, Roxy and Poison, were transsexuals. The characters were nevertheless removed from the international version of the SNES port. However, in 1993, Sega obtained the rights to release the game for their Sega CD. In a sign of Sega's more liberal policies, Poison and Roxy could remain in the international versions, but was le- with less provocative clothing. 
and there could be less there could be no indication of their transgender status again the fear the fear of transgender which is is crap it's just total garbage you i get it you're afraid of something that you don't understand i get that we're all afraid of the dark because we can't see it we don't understand it i get that but you do you're you're afraid of something you don't understand it so it seems to be portrayed the way things are being shown to you or portrayed to you you're perceiving it as this way so you're wrong so they're wrong so you're afraid of it you can't be wrong you can't acknowledge the fact that your perception could be wrong so you're going to push this thing away and you're not going to acknowledge that you may be wrong and that you can be changed that's just ridiculous and that's just garbage in the 2016 role-playing game Baldur's Gate Siege of Dragonspear there's an there's an optional dialogue tree in which the cleric Mizena M-I-Z-H-E-N-A Mizena motion mentions when she was raised as a boy indicating that she is a trans woman though along with a reference to the Gamergate controversy attracted contention resulting in online harassment and insults toward the developers especially against the game's writer, Amber Scott. The game's Steam, GOG, and Metacritic pages were bombarded with complaints that the transgender reference constituted political correctness, LGBT tokenism, SJW pandering, and pushing a political agenda. See, and it, it was it's just weird. Anything back then that that someone didn't understand or that someone thought was contrary to what they grew up to believe in they didn't admit that they were wrong or they didn't admit that they could be wrong they rushed to judgment and they immediately started saying okay they brought up these cases where political agendas pandering political correctness tokenism all sorts of crap like that it's just you can't admit that you're wrong you can't admit that your perception is wrong or could be wrong that you immediately have to vilify them and it's just total garbage they're humans just like you are accept that and give them the benefit of the doubt or listen to them they have as much right to be listened to and tolerated as anyone it's they're they're equal to you it's just on an april 2016 post Beamdog announced that they would expand Mazina's story, saying in part, in retrospect, it would have been better served if we had introduced a transgender character with more development. Paul Tumboro of Craveline Online, Crave Craveline, Paul Tumboro of Crave Online, termed this as spineless and disappointing, stating that Beamdog's founder, Trent Oster, refused to acknowledge that trans transphobic criticisms leveled at the game in the legend oh i don't know about this one in the legend of zelda ocarina of time developers introduced a not obviously gendered character named sheik eventually sheik is revealed to be princess zelda in disguise sheik never self-identifies with any set of pronouns in the game however a character in the game refers to Sheik with male pronouns. Sheik's presence and gender ambiguity in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time created the Sheik gender debate. Two sides were taken in this debate. One that believed Sheik was, a simply, was simply cross-dressing. 
The other side believed that Sheik was Princess Zelda, assuming a male gender identity using some sort of magic. In 2014, Polygon asked Nintendo for a comment on the Sheik gender debate. Bill Trinan gave an official statement, saying, The definitive answer is that Sheik is a woman, simply Zelda in a different outfit. In the 2016 video game The Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the most popular I've seen all over Twitch and all over everyone playing everything, that Breath of the Wild is the most popular Zelda video game I've ever, I've ever seen, that anyone's ever seen or anyone's ever tried to play. Breath of the Wild is the most popular. And people are going nuts about it. In The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Link cannot either... Link cannot enter Gerudo Town unless he dresses up as a woman. The player must find a character named Vila in order to buy the woman's clothing for Link. Vila outward appears female, but upon speaking to her, the noises made when she speaks are deep. During a dialogue sequence between Link and Vila, Vila's face mask blows off in the wind to reveal, to Link's surprise, what appears to be, a, what appears to be facial hair. It is revealed that Vila is merely a cross-dressing male, Hylian, in official media such as creating a champion. Okay, that's kind of vague, and maybe I missed a little bit of that, and I apologize. Gay characters in fighting games. This is a little synopsis that I wrote down in my reference points to refer back to Wikipedia, because I kind of didn't always get what it was saying, so hopefully you can help out and follow me there. Having gay male characters in fighting games can challenge the perception of homosexuality and masculinity. Nevertheless, hints about a particular character's sexual orientation in a fighting game often take the form of stereotypical femininity in otherwise tough masculine character. Huh? In Mortal in the Mortal Kombat series, Kung Jin is a homosexual character. The story mode of Mortal Kombat X features an exchange between Jin and Raiden that implies Jin's sexuality. Jin's homosexuality was confirmed by NetherRealm Studios cinematic director Dominic Dominic Cianciolo. C I A N C I O L O. Sorry for the mispronunciation there. The same game also implies that Mylena and Tanya are in a relationship. The fighting in fighting Fighting EX Lair, the character Sharon has the character Sharon has has been revealed to be a lesbian, making her one of the first openly lesbian characters in a fighting game. See, that's kind of what I go back to saying about Life is Strange. Life is Strange, mad props to Life is Strange for being the first game that I know of and that I've ever been witnessed that features prominent lesbian characters. And I know people say different. It has, it has a wide following fandom, and everyone goes nuts about it. Everyone follows it, and everyone has an awesome following fandom of it. And everyone can say whatever they want to say. But I say that there are there are said and there are comments made in that game by the characters. They said in that game that kind of come off that way. That kind of sound like, aww, she has a, she loves her. Or she has a huge crush on her. That is just so awesome. And there's a scene that a friend of mine showed to me from Detroit becoming human that when Connor is hunting two of the Tracys T-R-A-C-I 
when Connor is hunting two of the Tracys and one of them is talking to Connor about how she killed a man she had or she had to kill her man in self-defense she says to her she says she says to Connor that I was being threatened I was being I was being done this all this was being done to me and I was being threatened so I had to kill him I had to respond and I just wanted to get back to I just wanted I just wanted to hold her the other Tracy next to her I just wanted to hold her in my arms again and that's just so sweet that's just really cute it's really beautiful and really sweet because love is like I like I've said before love is love love is love to anyone it doesn't matter it's just beautiful in 1996, Night Slave was, was a shooter RPG released for the PC-98 that have cutscenes in which occasionally contain lesbian adult, lesbian adult content. The PlayStation 3 game, The Last of Us, and this is what's really known for people. The second I said Life is Strange, someone else is going to bring this up. Someone's going to bring this, this up. Life, um, the Last of Us. In the PlayStation 3 game, The Last of Us, was praised, and it rightly should, was praised for its gay and lesbian characters, including teenage protagonist Ellie. G Glad, G-L-A-A-D, the American organization promoting the image of LGBT people in the media, named the supporting character Bill one of the most intriguing new LGBT characters of 2013. And bravo to The Last of Us for that. And Bravo repeatedly, of course, look, I've repeatedly said Life is Strange for, for, for having lead characters prominent lesbians. Bravo. Many visual novels and independent games are created by independent creators and may sometimes include or be focused on LGBTQ, theme, LGBTQ plus themes and narratives. Many of, these, many of these narratives themselves sometimes come from a member of the development team and maybe a version of their personal story. These depictions tend to be more like the struggles of being LGBT in the real world, but often take place in universes where homosexuality is normalized and acceptable, where it should be in this universe. One of the first known games with LGBT was LGBTQ plus themes was Caper in the Castro in 1989, a detective adventure game that was written in the onset of the United States AIDS crisis, when gays are being treated derogatorily, and its author, C.M. Ralph, has, been written, has written it to, to help promote awareness of LGBT themes at the time. In, 2013, in the 2013 exploration visual novel, Gone Home, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. You take on the role of a young woman who returns to her dilapidated household, which is mysteriously empty. By collecting clues, she uncovers that her sister has has recently come out to her family as a lesbian, and it and and that it caused an issue between the protagonist's parents and the elder daughter herself. This leaves the house in disarray, and it makes it so you have a non-linear way of piercing together the situation. And here we go. Life is Strange. Little notes here that I made on Life is Strange, which I've always repeatedly referred to, and I repeatedly refer to in all these episodes, and several people who come up to me and talk to me. 
in the twift twit, in the 2015 action a little slip of the tongue there sorry in the 2015 action visual novel Life is Strange you take on the role of Max Caulfield who is an 18 year old student and photographer who has discovered that she can turn back time at will well not really at will she kind of has to she kind of has to hold her hand up I, I believe it's her left hand she kind of holds her left hand out in tense situations. She can't just willy-nilly, whenever she wants to, rewind time. She, in, in situations that prevent a stress to her or that stress her out, she can, like, tense situations, she can rewind time through difficult or tense situations. So not any time or not whenever she, not whenever she want to, wants to or not at will. She uses this power to try and save her town after seeing this destruction in a vision in tandem with solving a mystery of a girl who had gone missing before the beginning of the story, Rachel. Though the story of Max's main love interest is... Throughout the story, Max's main love interest is Chloe. Chloe Price. Chloe... The article just jumped. Chloe is a friend from Max's childhood and helps Max throughout the, the series as they try to stop the destruction of their town together and as they develop a better understanding of one another as both friends and lovers. Ultimately, Life is Strange is met, is met with some criticisms on the writing, with the player ultimately having to choose between saving Chloe and letting all the other characters in their town be destroyed, or by letting Chloe die and saving the entirety of the town. See, now, if you ask me who's played the game and loves the game, as much as I love Star Wars or... Star Trek or my ultimate Star Wars or Star Trek, my ultimate love, Jurassic Park. I'll get into that in another issue, another episode, which I probably have gotten into before, now that I think about it. But you can't go through that game. You can't go through Life is Strange and not save Chloe. The whole game, as it just says, my research and my my notes and my and the episode has said, or my Wikipedia and my research has said, Max loves Chloe. Max is in love with Chloe, and vice versa. And you can't, like, if you ask me, and this is maybe from a player's perspective, is is, the, is love, is one person, the love for one person, the love of your life, worth saving that person, worth sacrificing a whole town? And my answer to that is yes. Is one person worth a whole town? Yes. If you are in love with that person and you love that person, which Max clearly does, is Arcadia Bay worth it? Yes. And you can hear by her connections to Arcadia Bay and what she feels and what she feels towards the town that Chloe is way more important. She was her best friend and her lover. And that's that's just that's just awesome. That's just who it is. And that's just really, really, really cool. So this whole thing has been about something that I thought has passed and something that should occur occurred a long, long time ago. LGBTQ plus representation in video games. We should have, this should have occurred. We should have been represented in video games a long, long time ago. And everyone is equal. We all are the same. We all are alike. We all are equal. That's just the way it is. It's just, we should have been represented 
a lot. Uh, they should have been represented. We should have been represented and had representation for for them a long, long time ago. Now, as a straight person, I would have put my hand into every representation, every representation I could have, because I would further representation. We are all equal. This is just this. This is something that should have happened a long, long time ago. And thank you all for sticking with me for all my rambling. And I know this is a heated topic and a heated subject that I'd like to get into. But thank you all for listening to me. Thank you all for sticking around and paying attention and looking in there. Hang around a little bit more extra because there is a little bit more extra at the end here. Want to go to Vegas? Visit the best places all around the Strip and all around downtown or all around the surrounding areas, check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube. B-R-O-R Frederick, F-R-E-D-R-I-K. Over on YouTube, go over to Brar Frederick. Subscribe to his channel. Click that bell icon. Click that, hit those, those, like, those like up thumbs. Give give Brar a follow. Give Brar a look. You'll really love what you're seeing. He's an awesome streamer, the best Vegas streamer, and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas before you go to Vegas, just to experience Vegas as a whole. Hey guys, check out the best cruising podcast and YouTube channel for everything cruising needed, everything cruise cruising enjoyed, everything you love about cruising. They're experts, they know their stuff, and they're beyond awesome. You'll love the podcast, you'll love their YouTube channel. They're the best cruising podcast out there. Check out Fantastic Cruising on the podcast, on your favorite podcast devices and favorite podcast programs. And also check out Fantastic Studios on YouTube. They are beyond great. Give and Matt and Kimbra follow. Give them a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast you choose. They are beyond awesome, and you won't be disappointed. You won't be upset in any way, shape, or form. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA plus people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.